Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Hey, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. Welcome to my home. Welcome to my kitchen. I am so thrilled uh, about doing this show. As you know, we feature leaders and entrepreneurs and, and just amazing community people uh, who have so much to share with us and teaching us and inspiring us through their ingredients to success. And so today is no different. Uh, we have a, a very um, influential uh amazing leader in the world of communications and government affairs. Uh, and our guest today is Carla Nelson, Nelson Thatcher. She is the VP of Corporate Communications, Government and Public Affairs with Hotwire Communications, Inc. And might I add uh, the winner of 12 Emmy Awards. So I definitely want to hear a little bit more about that. So please help me welcome Carla. How Thanks. are you? I am well. Welcome to uh, the back bedroom of my condo or aka my office for the past four months and counting. So is that a real background or is that a virtual background? This actually is a real background. Um, I have a virtual background. In fact, that's one of the, the exciting things about being able to pivot and a communications company long before this COVID uh, was, a, was a thing. We had created professional backgrounds. And when I'm using them, I often get asked, hey, is that your new office? Did you guys redecorate? But um, no, this is this is actually my back bedroom. Well, it's beautiful. Thank you for welcoming <laughs> us into your home. Thank and you. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Um, you know, we use these, these shows as a way of number one, of course, you know, putting it out to the broader audience about um, leadership and entrepreneurship, because that's our core mission, um, and workforce skills, right? Well, all those ingredients that help make us successful. And our students get to watch them as well. And so we use them as ways to inspire them and, and share with them that, you know, the path may not always be a straight and narrow uh, and easy path, right? Sometimes there are challenges. And so I want to start, though, for those who may be watching um, and share with us a little bit about what Hot Water Communications is all about. Oh, I sure will. Hotwire Communications is a privately owned and locally based right here in Broward County is where we keep our headquarters. Um, telecommunications provider of all fiber optic telecommunications provider, one of the very first, in fact, to bring fiber connectivity directly to the home. And here we are in 2020 and it's our 20th year in operation. We service many states across the country, but primarily Florida, Georgia, North and South Carolina and Pennsylvania. And by a telecommunications company, for those of you that may not be familiar with the term, we, we provide you know video, internet, home security, phone, voice, control, home automation, those services in the residential, commercial, and very excitingly, the government and hospitality space. So, mm, so you cover the gamut. So I have to imagine you must be doing pretty well right now because we're all in great need of what you offer. Well, there's been a lot to consider, but yes, it's a vital resource, right? This, this um, un, uh, you know, ubiquitous amount of bandwidth that people are consuming now more than ever. And, you know, not to discount um, 
the, the real inherent human need to stay connected right now, right? Sometimes we think about internet speeds in regards to home learning and working remotely, et cetera. But I think it's, I think it's not to be uh, you know, put aside this real need to stay connected. And people are finding new ways to use uh, formats like this, Laurie, to touch yeah. base with loved ones they haven't seen for you know, eight to 10 weeks, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, we usually film these episodes out of the JA World Kitchen, um, which is amazing. Um, and but you know, again, you, we we've pivoted and we've learned new ways of doing things. And so, thank you for the services that you offer. And so, I think I even thought that why I was more B two B. So it's interesting to find out that you're also going directly to consumers. Oh, definitely. So that's how we found it. 20 years ago in 2020, we're 20 years in operation. Um, we began the company by um, identifying our founder, Kristen Johnson, who's still currently our CEO and our fearless leader, day-to-day -day operations. She, you know, she kind of discovered that there was this growing need in homeowners and organized gated communities where people didn't think there was. They were thinking of the population of, let's say, retirees or near retirees as these people that wouldn't be um, large consumers of bandwidth, for instance. But she realized they were taken from her own experience with her grandmother, who had well into her 80s, was playing words with friends online. She realized that this generation wasn't, you know, the, the, the World War II aging generation. These were people who founded startups. They were leaders in the tech industry. These were the people who discovered computer programs and programming in the garages of their homes and that they were very unlikely to not um, continue their reliance on, on bandwidth and have a growing need for it. So that's how she kind of started the company, just knowing wow. that uh, this, was, this was the thing, this was the way of the future. Yeah, so fortunate to work under someone like that and with someone like that. You know, so so I, I mentioned that, you know, one of the things is we, we'd love to hear the story, right? I always say it's all about the journey. Um, and the destination is great, hopefully, but, but it's all about how you get there. And I think that builds right, our character and tells who we are. Share with us for, for a moment, how did you end up here, right? How did you end up in corporate communications, government, public affairs? What happened along the way that steered you to this? Well, it, it's a funny thing that you ask. You know, we put an awful lot of pressure in this country on people at the age of 16, 17, and 18 to kind of predetermine their entire future as they enter into higher education. And I always kind of giggle that if that pressure was on me back then, I certainly wouldn't be where I am today. But, you know, my, my major and my background was a combination of media law and crisis communications. I was kind of teetering between wanting to go into the news world and the advertising world. So really broadcast communications is my background. I worked with NBC as a vice president of programming and creative services many, many moons ago. Decided to kind of take a, I was just approaching maybe 30 and decided, hey, there's all of this this video production and, and communication tools and audio visual experience that I have. Is there another way to apply it. And I kind of took a side turn into some marketing and then uh, cable operators were becoming clients of mine. And the next thing you know, I'm doing compliance and government affairs. And, and you know, you talk about pivoting and, and just, I think it's about, you know, Lori, finding what your core essential skills are and your passions and being able to utilize them in many different ways. So for me, it's always been about telling a story content and um, audiovisual enhancement. And then that's kind of led me to this position where I use all of those skills for solutions, bringing solutions to people, whether it's training solutions, communication solutions, what have you. 
I love that. And, you know, I think you're right. And when you when you figure out what your core skills are, usually, right, or, or often they're transferable. And that's what I hear you saying, right, that you found your core skills, put it together with your passion, your why, right? So your passion was, you know, telling the story, it sounds like. And then the why is like providing solutions. Yes. I mean, what a perfect mix, right, for for success, but not just success, because that's defined so differently for everyone. But mm -hmm. what what great ingredients, right? Just those three things alone to bring someone to have a fulfilling career. Right. Right. And so, so yeah. And knowing that whatever path you commit to in the beginning doesn't have to be the be all end all. We're evolving. Right. We're growing constantly and the world is changing. And especially in the technology sphere where in which I've landed, you know, it's constantly evolving and innovating and just feeling uncomfortable with being able to do that with yourself. Take a couple of risks here and there, not be so ultra conservative and, you know, not beat yourself up if, uh, if path A uh, didn't work out, you know, being able to pivot and Take the next yeah, one. I love that. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. You know, I have a 25-year-old daughter. I have two children, but I've uh, my 25-year-old daughter, Samantha, I, I say to her sometimes, gosh, you're so hard on yourself, you know? Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. This is where, this is an opportunity to learn and grow when we make a mistake or, you know, we hit a roadblock. And so I think our young people need to know that it's okay, right? Mm -hmm. And not not beat yourself up, but look at how you can grow and learn from it. And so I think that's such an important lesson. So I mentioned in the introduction about 12-time Emmy Award winner. Give us a little insight into what that's all about. So um, during the course of being in broadcasting, you know, you either are doing branding campaigns or my absolute favorite thing was being in the public service uh, sphere. And some of those Emmys and most of those Emmys were about public service campaigns. You know, we did one of my favorites was I worked with a toy manufacturing, a private independent small group of girls, actually, who were in their early 20s, some late teens. And they came to me with this concept that they had because there was an alarming rate of uh, young people around them, their friends, their peers getting pregnant. So they uh, decided that they were going to create a baby doll. They were taking basically unused baby dolls, baby dolls people had finished playing with and discarded. And they were um, branding them as baby think it overs and trying to get a program initiated into their school system or any other kind of youth organizations that would have these uh, girls take care of this baby with some restrictions kind of, um, you know, for several months and kind of gave them a, a thought and an insight into actions and consequences, good or bad, and kind of had them take a little more control over their body and their choices. And those that was one of my favorite things to promote and to and and you know it won an award because I think it resonated with people. So yeah, winning an Emmy Award is kind of special and fun and one of the things that I'm very proud of. And it's been several years because I'm kind of not in that. I'm more of a leader now and not the one actually doing the the editing. But boy, it, it feels good when you, when your peers recognize you for something. Yeah. You have a shelf with all of these Emmy Awards on <laughs> a lot. Oh I've moved a lot um, from city to city. So several of them are broken and little side story. Emmys are extremely expensive to uh, replace. So, but I do have a few. In fact, they're in my office back at the Hotwire Technology Center off of Cypress Road. And someday I'll be back in there and have them look down at me and inspire me. <laughs> 
That is quite nice. I, I listen, I think you need a shelf in that bedroom there while we're yeah. in. Virtual. I keep threatening if this goes on any longer, there's things I have to bring home. But Exactly. And that would definitely be one of them because those are, that's quite an accomplishment, right, in your world. Thank you. Yeah. And in, in the communications world, it's it's a special time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and so, you know, that it's just about recognition and, and I see your face lighting up as you talk about that and those accomplishments. So do you have a team of people that you need over at Hotwire? That I need at Hotwire? That you lead. Oh, yes, I do. I do. And and more importantly than the people that I have the pleasure of leading, um, you know, I, I have this great uh, source of peers, the the people that I collaborate with, and technology and the implementation of technology into people's lives is an extremely collaborative business. And I, I like to tease that you know a, a leadership team in in our is kind of like being in high school. You know, you've got you've got the jocks and the yearbook folks, and you know you've got the drama department, and you know you've got the creatives, and you've got the highly technical IT people, or what we would call the technology nerds, and they all come together on a on a daily basis to to provide something to the consumer. And it's a it's a fun place to work. I mean, they're innovative and smart. And in my 25 years in in the in the industry, I, you know, they're just amazing. They're the best that I've ever come across. And so that's great. And little note, um, there's quite a few females in that in that little group. And uh, that's also fun too. When you look across the table and you see another female there and what used to 20 years ago, not be a typically welcoming or opportunistic area for us to work and they're getting stuff done. And it's, it's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do us women. We do like to get stuff done. I, I have to say that at least all the amazing women I know. Um, but talk a little bit about, so with your team or, you know, with your peers, I mean, you talk about, you know, I always say nobody does anything alone. We may be the face of the community or face of the organization, but there is usually an amazing team behind, as you said, of people knowing who has what skills and what strengths to bring to the table to be part of that collaboration. But how important is recognition mm-hmm. to to running your team and, and making sure that they know how important their contributions are? Those are great questions. I mean, who would have thought that we would have been approaching uh, leadership so differently in this day and age than we did say 15 years ago? I think great leaders even back then did um, this application of what they're now calling, I'm, you know, they've got a name for it, emotional intelligence. It's yeah. about taking a person, not just with what they can contribute at work, but their entire makeup of that human being. And, you know, I, I think the beauty of working the way that we work under Kristen's leadership is that we apply that emotional intelligence. I mean, take this pandemic, for instance, it's affecting all of us and it's unprecedented and it's affecting each of us in very different ways. Having that open door where we can go to one another and share what the experience is, and it's not always bad. I mean, there's some good things that are coming out of this, I believe. But, you know, having that open door where we can share and relying on one another to get the job done. If I'm having a particularly challenging personal day, knowing that I have a team that I can call and say, guys, this is what's going on in my life. And, um, you know, I need to take a couple of hours and knowing that we're still going to get the job done. Consumers, customers are not going to suffer and yeah, there's a lot of skill sets that have to come together, but more importantly, there has to be this acceptance and support and openness and camaraderie now more than ever before. You know, it's a, and, and you know, the word that comes to mind as you're saying that is trust, right? So building mm-hmm. trust yeah. at the end of the day, right? If we trust the people that we work with, 
Um, and we are all focused on that why, right? the mission, the passion, um, then we'll get it done. But, you know, it's interesting because how we gained, how we, we brought our team and, and worked with them and brought them together to gain trust and build trust is different today than it was right four months ago. Yeah. What are you and your team doing to build that trust? What types of things are you, um, you as your leader, but then also the leaders above, how are you continuing to do that virtually? So, you know, there's a lot of um, ability to connect with one another, even though we're separated and we make a point of doing that. I mean, from a leadership perspective, every Tuesday, um, and boy, do I look forward to Tuesdays, um, we do our, our Zoom calls with uh, Kristen's leadership team, those direct reports of hers, and we share. We share what we're working on. We share what we need from one another. We share challenges and we share aspirations. And I think every person on that Zoom call in that leadership role takes that now a step lower and touches base with their teams. I, I talk to members of my teams every day. Um, don't try to make it, you know, too formal all of the time, although we do have some formal uh, connections that we that we schedule. But, you know, I talk to them every day, even if it's a quick check in. And I think checking in right now, um, you know, personally and professionally is very, very critical. I mean, you just don't know what people you can't see them all the time. So you just don't know what they're experiencing and going through. So, you know, I, I kind of make it a point to number one, check in. Do you uh, have a clear vision for what you want to accomplish today? Are you excited? What are your challenges? Do you have all the tools and resources and support you need to be successful? And I think more than ever, it's about short-term goals, um, you know, leading to this overall vision that when the curtain is lifted and we start working back into some sense of what we were like before, although I think we'll never go back to 100% that way, you know, being able to, uh, to, to maintain this connection is, is super critical. Yeah, I think that's so important. You know, and it's not just about the connection with our own team members, but it's also about the connection with the people that, you know, for people who are in sales, right? You still have to stay connected to your clients. Well, for us, it's donors, right? And supporters and volunteers and teachers. We still have to stay connected to them. And so I think, and that's where probably you come in, right? Corporate communications and government officials they still need to hear what's happening, how you're doing it, how you can support them. And so talk a little bit about that, that external part. Oh, absolutely. So by nature and kind of really what informs Hotwire's business model is this high touch concierge level of, of approach to the journey of onboarding and maintaining a customer through very lengthy contracts. And so whether they're residential, commercial, hospitality, or in my case, in, in the government sector, we've always been, that's in our DNA. We communicate when we've innovated some great tools to actually um, be able to, to keep this alive, but we communicate with our customers constantly. Take storm season, for instance, they know what we're doing. They know how we're preparing our teams, our facilities, how we're monitoring. They know that we'll be communicating very proactively to them and not needing them to call into us. We're going to know if they don't have service or are having service troubles. They don't need to wait for, you know, to call to call into a call center, for instance. So that's kind of been in our DNA anyway. So now we're finding really cool ways to do it, Lori. I mean, not only with the Zooms and the go-to meetings and all of those things, but Hotwire has innovative, worked with the company to innovative to innovate an augmented reality way to take really highly trained technical folks and get them through the through a camera, like on any device, whether it's on your phone or your iPad or your computer, connect them with the customer in the home and the devices. And we're seeing that we can do everything from 
home installations to a little bit of troubleshooting to educating them about the products and services. I mean, just the other day, one of our techs walked somebody who was, you know, over the age of 82 um, through setting up her mesh network so that in her new area of the house where she's dedicated to uh, stay in touch with friends and she has like a little business on the side, she was able to set up her whole Wi-Fi mesh network. Is that my mother? <laughs> but you know, my mother. <laughs> there's so many reasons um, why people aren't comfortable with um, having people in their homes right now. And so, you know, we, we've had to maintain the level of communication and contact with our customers in some way, because that's our pledge and our promise. And that's kind of what sets us apart. So rolling this out a few weeks early, this very innovative customer experience tool, it's been has been really helpful. But it's things like that that are, that are going to last, I think, long after COVID has passed. Yeah, I, I so agree. You know, I, I, I happen to have the fortune to to also have to do government relations and, and all of those things. And so but it's interesting because some of that it's so different. I mean, it's different, but it's not. So we still have to tell the government officials and elected officials, right, and their representatives our story and what we can provide, right, to help their citizens or residents of their cities or counties or whatever it may be. Um, but I think there's also a, um, I don't know, it's a unique, I think, uh, part of our, you know, uh, it's a unique sector. Right. So how you work with them may be different than how you work with your customers. Talk a little bit about that, because for some of us in that world, right, I think it's a little bit different, a different skill set. Sure. And I think because our local governments and municipality leaders have so much going on right now that we've kind of taken the stance again of very proactive communication. So we're taking a lot, again, using those creative skills. We're taking a lot of pictures and drone shots and and footage and, and kind of as we complete an outside plant project in the way of connecting a city, we'll be turning those um, visual uh, demonstrative proof of performance assets over to them so that they can kind of see the work that was done that day. We have frequent meetings. I mean, just today, as I'm doing this interview, the um, City of Plantation IT team is coming into the Hotwire Technology Center where we've allowed them to now see their network that we're preparing for them all connected and lit up and tested. And they'll get eyes on it before we actually pull it apart and, and install it into the city. That way it saves them from having to drive from location to location to location. And then, you know, so it, just being able to pivot and to say, hey, how can we do this differently to accommodate a whole new set of needs and, and time constraints has been has been kind of a challenge that we've accepted and embraced. You know, Kristen has this, uh, this saying that, you know, this isn't about survival, this is about thriving. This is yeah. about not just uh, getting through today, but but taking this opportunity to innovate and do things better and come out of this changed and better and you know improved than we were before. Yeah, and I totally agree with her. Um, absolutely, I think this has been such an opportunity for, for 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 our organization, even for nonprofits. But you know, junior achievement. I think you know people knew about us and they knew what we did. And but I think being able to show the value that we can bring during this time when teachers and educators are and parents, right, are trying to educate their children, bringing those resources to them. It's like wow, we didn't know you could do this, right? And so it's an opportunity to, I think, also kind of brag and show off a little bit, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you and I were talking um, uh, offline about about pivoting and pivotal moments. I mean, this whole thing has created that opportunity for us in such a real way to be better, to be better us, to be better me anyway. I, I'm certain that I'm I'm learning and, and improving my own self and my approach to leadership and communication through this whole thing. And, you know, you have to look at everything, you know, glass half empty, glass half, half full kind of scenario, right? Yeah, it's funny. I, I love there's an author. Uh, his name is Mark Miller, and he is the VP of leadership development at Chick-fil-A. So he's got a whole series of books and he talks about in one of the books, you know, um, about optimism. And he talks about the glass being half full. But to him, he says the glass is full always because it may only have liquid halfway up. But the rest is filled with air. And so he looks at the glass as full. Right? Um, and so I love that. Um, and you talked a little bit about um, just now about challenges and growth. And I, I put them together because I think sometimes when we go through the challenges is, is uh, that's right. And a time when we may see our, our biggest growth. But I also want to hear as a leader and as a woman leader, what is it you do to continually um, you know, grow your skills, grow your mindset, all of that. So important. Boy, I'll tell you what, I, again, I, I have to give a nod to the leadership of, of Kristen Johnson and some of my coworkers, Mandy Esposito, Maria Tijerino, Teresa Fletcher, Tammy Throm. I mean, these women that I'm with, um, you know, for the first time in a very long time in my career, I'm surrounded by people who are experiencing pivotal moments at the same time as me. And, you know, I, I've started doing things, Laura, that I would have never imagined. And just sharing with my girlfriend, Lily, last night, she kind of thought this was an amazing thing. But I mean, I've even taken online courses to learn to meditate. I mean, it's about being able to deal not only with what you're going through, but being able to find a way to separate so that you can be 100% fully present and supportive of the people that you're leading who are going through emotional challenges, um, you know, themselves right now, whether it's a learning curve or et cetera. But I think as women, I, sh I think we share one thing in common, and that is our constant quest to learn and to improve, whether it's ourselves or the situation around us. So I've taken a lot of time, um, you know, less of a commute to work, um, not too many meetings that I have to drive through over a very large footprint. And I've kind of been blessed to have that time back, even if it's temporary. And I've been using it to take online courses and variety of things, meditation for one, I'm getting blueprint certified for social media, which is a, a huge undertaking if you if you ever, it's like 70 plus hours at least of wow. education. Um, you know, I'm learning uh, to improve my cooking skills. You know, I've, I've always, I've always enjoyed that. And it's always been a stress reliever, but boy, I'm taking it to the next level now. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, first of all, by the way, I just have to throw a plug out there, but if you're into the meditation, look uh -huh. up Susie LeVan. Okay. Um, and she has been a longtime life coach, uh, meditation guru, um, all kinds of things around that. And she's really, really had some really easy things we can do um, because, you know, and she says, don't try to shut your brain down because you can't. Right. So, um, so I that, that was my argument. I was like, I can't shut my brain down because you don't have to. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so look her up. Um, she's amazing, but I love that. You know, I want to touch on one last thing. We talk so much, and, and all of your teammates that I heard you mention all sound like female names. Um, and so lots of women in your circle of influence, whether in the company or outside of the company, you also lit up earlier when you talked about 
when you were working with the girls, mm -hmm. right? Um, and helping them to learn the consequences and the, the responsibilities of having a family and having children. Talk a little bit about that and, and in the sense from giving back to the community, it sounds like girls and, and, and teaching young people about how to be successful kind of sounds like a, a passion of yours. It sure is. I mean, I think, you know, I've always been pretty community um, active um, no matter where I lived. And it just is kind of, I really embrace this idea of home and place. I mean, I really embrace it like sometimes a little too much, you know, but um, I, I love being a part of it. And I think that it's almost the necessary foundation to do what I do effectively, to be able to, um, to be part of the conversation that's making sure constantly that at work you're reflecting and respecting what's going on in your community, I, I think is, is really important. I always tell people that if it weren't um, for money and, and other ambitions when I was younger, I, my, my real passion at the end of the day is probably teaching, teaching and mentoring. And, and you know, I even worked through various churches um, until very recently, till my move to East Fort Lauderdale to teach um, catechism and CCD and, and uh, just in general hygiene and, and things like that. Um, you know, to, to, to kids, to young kids. Um, I love any organization that is taking a vulnerable group in our society and trying to make sure that they have the support and the opportunity that they need. And, you know, whether it's the elderly or in, and unfortunately, in a, in a lot of our cases, it's, it's, you know, it's kids, it's kids yeah. that are either, you know, separated from us because of this great digital divide, which is a, another passion that I share with Kristen about, about bridging. And she's even started a foundation to work on that. I mean, whether it's getting them the right educational opportunities or just having someone be there for them. I mean, I yeah. hear a lot of stories about young, young ladies that are aging out of the foster care system and really don't feel that they have a sense of direction of how to do this life thing on their own and being able to get in front of them and show them that, you know, they, despite an education level and despite the past that they have a future and to play a role in helping them see that, recognize that and move towards it. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. You get up well, have I got opportunities for you? Um, you know, and, so, no, seriously, and seriously, I mean, for, for you as well as others, I mean, you know, now we're doing it virtually, but, bringing people like you to mentor and inspire and teach our young people. And 75% and of the ones we serve come from low-income families, right? And so when you talk about digital divide for JA, it's it's not that's just the digital divide because, okay, we can have a computer. But then, right, what are their life skills? Absolutely. So we talk about the financial literacy divide, right? We talk about the career readiness and, and career skills divide because our young people coming from those zip codes and those communities, right, mm -hmm. are not gaining their knowledge, the very basic knowledge that they need to manage their money, to earn money, right? right. And so we can give them computers and we can give them the digital piece, which we do. And we use the digital tools to teach them the financial literacy and the work skills, right? Mm -hmm. But it's all, we've got to bring all of that together for them to be able to get through times like these in the future. And so I love that. And I really am going to be coming up to um, hopefully get you to I apologize. It seems like a fire alarm. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. So you have had some amazing ingredients. I'm just going to read a few of them back. Staying connected right to your... Is that your fire alarm? Yeah. 
It, it seems like a test in the building. I'll put oh. it on mute and you can read your ingredients. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so taking a risk, um, you know, and a chance, right, and pivoting when that happens, finding your core skills, and then creating your pathway around those skills, telling the story, passion, but using your passion and using your skills to find your why, right, the solutions for you is providing solutions. Um, I love that. Don't beat yourself up. I love that one because as women, I think we do it all too often. Collaboration, right? And and bringing all those strengths of the team together, looking at people as a whole. Uh, and I love that. Relying on others and trusting them and respecting them to have your back and you having their back. Um, having mentors and being a mentor, I think so important. Um, you talked about customer service, not only from a company perspective, but also you, right? Making sure that you're serving, um, embracing the challenge. And of course, I love your constant wanting to grow and improve and, and be a better person and better leader. And then of course, giving back to the community. But I love this line that you said was, not just giving back to the community, but respecting the community and really understanding what they need for us to give back. And I love that because so often we just go out and do and we don't listen, right? And learn what they need. So with all of those ingredients, it's an amazing recipe, but now that you're doing some more cooking, you know, there's always one main ingredient. Mm -hmm. What is your main ingredient to success? I would have to say it's been flexibility. Mm. It's, it's that it's that understanding what is at your core and what you can bring to the table, always willing to learn and accept new challenges and going where the need is. Um, I, I, I in 25 years at cable, I've held so many positions. I can't even count. I've I've I the good thing is, is that I've learned the business, you know, from all different ends. And that's just cable. I mean, even now, as we venture into 2021, I have a few challenges that are being presented to me that I'm probably going to undertake shortly. And, you know, being able to be flexible has just really um, benefited me my entire career. Yeah. And certainly being flexible and open, right, has, has also led you to new things, right? So being able to receive that. I love that. And I, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I'm, we've never had the chance. I know we've met and I've seen you through Alliance meetings and, mm -hmm. and I know you're on the Winterfest board and a couple of other things, but we've never truly had the chance to have this kind of a conversation. And I think that's what I truly love about doing this podcast and video show is that I get to meet some really, truly amazing people. And I've got to tell you, you are one amazing woman. Um, and I'm so glad that you took the time to be with me, to share with us. Um, and I just want to say thank you for that. Thank you very much. And I have a little advantage on you. Sorry about that. That's okay. I have a little advantage um, because I've been able to watch you from afar in my community endeavors and, and learn about you. So this has been a true pleasure. When Maxine, uh, I, I was just really amazed. Thank you so well, much. Well, thank you. And I know we're gonna we're gonna work on something together. I know it um, because you're too amazing for me not to. So so thanks for being with us and thanks everyone for watching this this episode of J.A.'s Recipe for Success. Look forward to seeing you again in my kitchen. So let's get cooking. <laughs>